Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This episode is sponsored by Try Vegan, a vegan meal home delivery service that is nutritious and delicious and makes your life easier. Based out of New Jersey, they deliver throughout the Northeast. Check out more details on their website, tryveganmealprep.com. And you can get 25% off your first order with the promo code LITYOGA. So go vegan. Welcome to Friday with Friends. Today, I have Becca Ribbing on with me. She is the author of The Clarity Journal and a life coach. And she's on a mission to help people break out of the cycles of uncertainty and struggle that hold them back. We discuss her path into becoming a coach and how she helps people get more clarity and find their purpose. I hope you enjoy our podcast today. Welcome, Becca. I'm so glad to have you on here today and nice to meet you. Thanks for having me. Sure. I was reading about your background and I thought it was really fascinating to just mention this and where you are now. Like I I saw that you graduated from American University and you had concentrations in foreign economic policy and you did independent work in China. How in the world did you get from that to where you are now as a coach, a life coach? You know, that's a really funny story. I think what happens to a lot of people in their early 20s is they think they know everything. They think they know what they want to do. And also... Their professors really don't necessarily have a great idea of like what's real in the real world, what possibilities are out there. A lot of times professors will tell you things that you could be doing that's like, that requires a PhD, that requires a master's, <laughs> you know? And so when I was in my mid-20s, I was in DC, I was working for the US government, and I was doing some job searching and everything I was getting interviews for was like what I was already doing. And it just wasn't speaking to me. I wasn't really nailing the interviews because it wasn't really my passion. And so I did this deep dive into who am I? Like I, who I thought I was, the kind of the facade I had created in college of who I thought I was, wasn't really making my heart sing. And so I did a lot of self-studying. And as I was doing that, all of my friends were in their mid-20s going through the same thing. You know, They had gotten their first job out of college and they weren't enjoying it or they never landed that really good first job out of college. And so I was helping them pivot from 
their waitress job that they'd had in college that they kept for a couple of years longer than they wanted to, or, you know, nannying or whatnot. And so as I was doing that, I was helping all of these people get jobs. <laughs> so wait, when you say helping, were you literally advising them or just listening and kind of I saying, was like making connections? them in the listening, like kind of in the traditional coaching sense of like listening and asking those clarifying questions that help bring people through the process of figuring out what they want. But I was also helping them with resumes, kind of doing interview prep with them. And because when you're in that space of having a job you don't like and you want to switch to something totally different, you almost need someone outside of the situation to help you market yourself, like articulate what it is that you want and why you have the strengths to do that in a way that's going to resonate with the places that you're applying for. So wait, are you saying, so you're, you had your job, which you weren't like happy about. How did you have these, these skills to advise people? I mean, were you someone that always listened, assimilated the information that you're hearing and then gave advice? How did you make that into something that was more of a, um, kind of standardized, I guess, that that you became this coach for people? I think that, yes, I've always been a really good listener. I've also been really good at picking up on people's strengths. I've always been the type... I was Even as a kid, I was always the kid that people were telling their problems to, both grownups and other kids. And so I had a lot of experience with like listening to people deeply. And I think a lot of people never develop that skill or don't develop it until a lot later. And so I was, as I was doing that, I also then started reading books on coaching. It was really at the very beginning of the idea of people being life coaches or career coaches or business coaches. And as I was reading books about it, I decided that's what I wanted to do. So then I went back and did coaches trainings. Okay. So tell us a little bit about what does that look like? And what are these books that you're reading? Like what was in them that unlocked the, oh, this is what I want to do? You know, the books themselves did not unlock the, oh, this is what I want to do so much as the reading the books to try to figure it out for myself and then being able to apply it for others. That's what unlocked it. Because when you've helped someone figure out what they want to do, it's such a rush. They're very appreciative, grateful, but also it's just making the world a little bit of a better place. I think... I think a lot of people have had this experience where growing up, both my grandmother and my grandfather worked, both my mother and my father worked. Most of the time, the the women in my life would often take off for a couple of years, depending on what family situations were like. But for some reason, the male figures in my life were just constantly complaining about their jobs. And I think I was really sensitive to the idea of that you know, if my grandfather is complaining about his job and he is 63 years old or what have you, just that is too much time to waste. I agree. I was going to say, you know, for you to have this, it doesn't even sound like it was an epiphany. It sounds like it was always there, but this real recognition that life is short and I don't need to follow this kind of idea of what a career path is if it makes me miserable. You know, it doesn't matter about the money. If you're miserable, money is never going to buy you happiness. But it's so fascinating how many people just get caught in the trap and then the trappings, you know, then they buy stuff and they're like, they need to work 
to afford the things they bought. And then their whole family gets, and it is to get out of that train or not even jump on it. Like you didn't in your twenties is a very kind of young and insightful place to be. Do you find that people that you're working with now, are they finding it in earlier ways or do you just kind of see them at all different ages? See it at all different ages. I think the clients that I really feel the strongest affinity for are in their 20s and 30s because they're not super depressed. Like It's very hard. I, I do it a lot, but it's very hard to work with someone in their late 50s who really feels like they've made a hash of it and they don't know what to do next. And we can usually find them something along a better continuum than where they are, but it does take away a lot of options. Like I don't usually recommend people like that are 58 to go back to school unless it's a passion for them. And so there are just a very real level. There are fewer options available. Now, tell us a little bit about coaching. Are you primarily a career coach? And I know in being a career coach, you're also doing a lot of emotional work, almost like a therapist. How do you have the skills for all those different pieces? Because all of it does contribute to our choices of how we're spending our lives, how we're making our money. Right. I think some of it's just experience. I've had some interesting experiences where one of my first pro bono clients, when you're in coaching school, you have to do a couple pro bono clients. You have to work with a couple pro bono clients. And it took me three months to realize that the reason why this one pro bono client wasn't able to hold down a job was because he was a heroin addict. You know, I mean, it is a little jarring. And I was a very naive 26 year old at that point. <laughs> but as I was able to get more experience, I have become very good at pinpointing problems that I should not be dealing with on my own fairly early in the process. I often ask people, have you ever suspected or have you been diagnosed with ADHD? Because I can usually at this point pinpoint people with ADHD within 30 minutes. And so there are things I am not qualified to do. If someone has raging ADHD or raging depression, I will usually suggest that I work in tandem with a therapist so that I can work on the career stuff. But the stuff that gets triggered in that is being handled by a professional. Um, Yeah, that's so. So I don't really handle the mommy or daddy issues, I like to call them. (laughs) The things where we get like deep into the... What was your child like and why was it horrible? That part, it needs, if you're really at that place, you need a therapist. But what were your childhood strengths? You know, what did you love to do? Or even like, where did a teacher hold you back? And what negative experiences from education have you taken and created rules about yourself that aren't actually true. It's amazing to me how many people think that they are bad writers because they had one bad English teacher. And it's, you know, writing is one of those things where it's so personal and not everyone's going to like your writing. So one teacher not liking your writing does not mean that you were a bad writer. It means she was not a good target audience for you. That's a great point. I always say that write like, you know, we could all call ourselves writers. If you can write down stuff 
that you're thinking about or inspired by or angry about, whatever. And it's a muscle. You have to do it more often. It becomes easier to do. You become clearer. You become more eloquent. But that is, yeah, if you have that bad experience and then you, then you, like you become what you think, right? If I'm a bad, somebody told me I was a bad writer, I'm a bad writer, I can't do that. So when you are working with people, and I know that you are full to the brink, so you're not working with people, but how does it begin? Like how long are you working with someone? Are they coming to you like, I just need to find another job. I'm really happy where I am. Where do you start? I know you have, I'm sure, a whole pathway, but just give us a little peek since nobody can work with you right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can use the Clarity Journal and then get on my wait list, but I'm not taking new clients over the summer. So usually how it goes is they've been struggling with trying to figure out what their next job is for a number of years. and they just don't feel an oomph in any particular direction. And then I usually get this really long email telling me how they don't know what they want or describing how awful the current situation is. And I'll hop on a call with them. It'll become really clear, usually within 30 minutes, that what's really happening is they have three different decisions to make and they're having a really hard time processing through it. I like to say that a lot of times the good becomes the like the perfect becomes the enemy of the good because they're waiting for that perfect sense of clarity, that aha moment, burning bush, whatever you want to call it. And that's going to be the perfect solution to all of their problems. But that means that you wait for 5, 10, 20, 30 years too long. Yes. So I'm guessing what you're also really good at is asking questions. Yes, and, and that might lead me to the Clarity Journal because I feel like this is something that everyone can purchase, can look at. And I'm sure a big part of it is asking the right questions to get clearer. Because I know I work with my teachers, my yoga teachers and the training and we talk about purpose. And it's astounding how many are kind of frightened of that idea. They're like, I don't, oh, know, I don't know what I want to do. I, I'm not sure. Like, I don't really know what my purpose is. I'm like, it doesn't have to be anything major. Like, and I ask the questions like, well, think back. What were you really inspired by in childhood? What, what lights you up now? Like, it doesn't have to be this, like you said, this perfect answer. My purpose is to create, you know, the best movement in the world. Of course, that's one of my purposes. But it's more like, what is your, like, where's your fire coming from? And right. it's probably been in there since childhood, but I'm sure something like your clarity journal would help with people finding the purpose in many ways. So can you talk right. a little bit about Well, I think clear? that purpose grows and deepens as you get older. And so I think we often talk about purpose with this, you know, I want to create a movement. But when you're just starting out, that's not... You may want to create a movement, but that's not really something you can get a ton of energy behind because it's so far away from where you are right at that moment. So your purpose right now, I mean, as a entry-level yoga teacher, I would say your purpose right now is to help people move or is to help people love their bodies. Or I could think of like a hundred different purposes that would be authentic to a lot of different people, but not necessarily authentic to 100% of yoga teachers. You have your own really core purpose. I know someone who is a yoga teacher who has a whole business around helping people fix their hips. And 
you know, it's just that level of like helping touch someone's life. I was talking to someone the other day and he was just like, if you don't have health, you have nothing. Your body is very much, if you are not feeling good, you can't do the purpose. You can't do the being there for your kids. You can't do being there for your husband, whatever it is. And so it's like, I know the body as a temple is kind of, um, well, and it was, no, but it's it's true. It's so true. And how we've in yoga world, especially, I mean, I have separated this mind, body, spirit, and it's all one. You just ask anybody who's been knocked down for three months, whether it's like an accident, an injury, it hits everything. It's really hard to feel emotionally happy when your body is not working, when you don't have like the ability to do the basic things. And I, I've known this from working with you know, severe cases in physical therapy, neurological disorders, spinal cord injury. And I would always walk away and I'd say, I am never taking my body for granted. It is your temple. It's your vehicle. It is so highly, like we can't separate the way we feel in our head and the way we feel in our body. They are one and the same. And um, so going into the body is a nice direct way of getting the brain, getting the mind happier. But back to you, I could go off about movement. I want to go back about your clarity journal. So you're on this mission to help people break out of the cycles of uncertainty, which is, I think, permeates everybody's issues is the uncertainty. And more than that, being so uncomfortable with uncertainty. It's like, you know, there's such a fear of it. And it's like, you know, there's a lot of uncertain things in life. We better be just okay with it. The unknown. You know, I think the easier we recognize that, and maybe that's easier as we get older, but yeah, tell us about this clarity journal and how that helps people. Well, as you pointed out, I am very good at asking questions. And so I was at a point where I was doing the hemming and hawing with a friend. I wasn't really hitting that level of being able to hit a decision on a business decision I needed to make. And it was really funny because my friend listened very nicely for probably 45 minutes and she'd listened for weeks before that. And finally she said, Becca, you're a coach. This is what you do for a living. What would you ask yourself? What would you tell yourself? And it hit me like a ton of bricks. I was like, I I do do this for a living. I am really good at this. And so I just started writing down all of the questions that I could think of just off the top of my head. What would I do to help jar someone loose? And as I hit maybe 30 and started answering them, this is really powerful. It doesn't actually need to be one-on-one. Some things need to be one-on-one. And sometimes to actually make a solid decision, you need the one-on-one coaching or the one-on-one mentorship. But just to even get it all out on paper was so powerful. And if I had just journaled with a blank journal, I would not have been able to do it because I would be continuously in my own head looking at the problem in the same way. And I think having someone else ask you a lot of questions helps you really look outside yourself. And the nice thing about the Clarity Journal is it's quite a lot of writing prompts and quotes to help jar that loose. I don't necessarily expect everyone to do the entire book. I kind of just envision them thumbing through and finding the ones that really strike them. And they're like, oh, 
oh, that's interesting. I need to go look at that. (laughs) What kind of feedback have you gotten so far about it? You know, it's cute. I... Most of the feedback that I've gotten privately from my own clients and my friends has been, it's like talking to my best friend. And I love that because that's that's really what I want it to be. I want it to be that sense of energy that you get if you talk to a best friend that's really good at asking the questions and not being attached to what your answers are. And I just, I want people to be able to have that sense of energy about their own decision-making. Yeah. it's You're really vibing with me because I'm all about empowerment and really um, embodying that. And you mentioned to me earlier, I think this is kind of a good segue into this, that you know being empowered is really taking charge of your life and of making the decisions, even if there's not total clarity. And it is, it's involved in also taking care of yourself. But you were saying sometimes self-care is not enough. Can you elaborate on that a little bit more? Well, I kind of think the media is obsessed right now with telling, especially women, that they just need to take care of themselves. And yes, you need to take care of yourself. You need to like go get a glass of wine with friends and take a bubble bath. But really, when you drill down deep, none of those things are going to fix a life that is out of alignment. None of those things are going to make you feel like you have control over your own life. It's really, especially if you have kids, because a lot of times it's your husband allowing you to go get drinks with a friend or you know, you asking someone to watch the kids. It's not you just taking charge of your own life. And as I said before we hopped on the call, let's face it, a bubble bath isn't going to fix a broken marriage. You know, a a box of chocolates is not going to fix your bad job like situation. Right. So it should be less about self-care and more about self-empowerment. Right. And just taking charge of knowing when there's a problem. And I think that that's the thing that's very hard for all of us is that we are so busy and so on the go. And we have our phone attached to us at the hip 24-7. So we can distract ourselves at any given moment and push it aside. Push aside whatever the problem is that is in your life that's creating the need to use the phone 24-7 in the first place. And... You know, take the time to really look within. And I think that's the wonderful thing about yoga is that you can't be on your phone while you're doing yoga. So <laughs> yes. you have to be present. It's the wonderful thing about meditation. Like, there are a lot of mindfulness practices that help with that, but we still need to actually not push aside the problem in the first place. I think that, I think our society is really set up to gaslight women about how they should be feeling. Like if you're not feeling happy, there's something wrong with you. And it's no, I'm not feeling happy because childcare is really expensive. And because, I mean, we've been in a pandemic for a year and a half. I don't know that the glass of wine is going to really fix the fact that like for a year and a half, you've been stuck at home. Yeah, no. Well, these were great pieces of advice. Like Honing in more specifically, before people go out and buy your book, can you give a few tips for changing any of the patterns that are holding people back, creating this sense of more empowerment over their lives and the choices that they make and the directions they go? 
You know, I do. I'm a big believer in journaling. Even if you don't buy the Clarity Journal, I am a big believer in becoming more open and honest with yourself. It's really hard at the beginning when you're doing it, if you've been pushing away big problems. But the more that you can get into a practice of even once a week, sitting down with a piece of paper and just telling yourself, I'm going to write three pages about this week and what happened. You ha- it helps you see the patterns. And I feel like you can't really break the pattern until you really acknowledge it's there. That is a beautiful piece of advice. I think everybody... I, that just brought back a memory I had to a, a client, a physical therapy client. And this was over a decade ago. And I saw her all the time, you know, I mean, one month after another, and it was different things. And she had a lot of complaints, like, you know, it could, every, it could be sunny outside and it's like, oh, there's, gonna, there's a cloud. You know, it's just everything was, there was something grim. And what I realized is she needed somebody to talk to. And so I would listen a lot. And then I'd say, you know, what could be really helpful, I think, is if you, I, I told her to journal about the, the feeling in her body she was having. Because I could see that a lot of the stuff she was complaining about, I didn't want to say it was real, uh, not real. It just was a lot of her, it was her energy, it was where her energy was going. So I just said, you know, just keep a journal about how your body is feeling because it really, like that will give us an idea more about maybe what's going on. Anyway, long story short, she started doing that. And then I started saying, yeah, we'll write a little bit more about like, what does it feel like at that time of day? And um, anyway, it was, the, it was a long journey into ultimately a huge breakthrough of emotions. And just this came back to a lot of not feeling like she deserved happiness. You know, it was mm-hmm. never articulated in that way. It was just a conditioning that she was wearing and not even aware of it. And it was only through the journaling that some of that started to come through. And she started crying, which I think she'd probably never done. A lot of her stuff was anger. And anger is always a lot more comfortable for people than sadness. So it, that just like popped up in my memory because I, it was not an intention of mine. I really did want to kind of see what her path, because it was just like she was all over the place. Right. And then when she started sharing some of the things she was writing down, I was like, well, why don't you also talk about how you're feeling at that time period? And, and it's like she had to see, I couldn't sit there and say, you know, every day you show up, you're super grouchy. You're angry about everything. Right. You can't the do stuff that. stuff you're talking about in your body, I mean, I'm working on, but, and you're working on, it doesn't seem to change it. There's something else, you know? I couldn't say that. She wouldn't have been able to accept that. She had to see it written to start to chart it and recognize it. So, But how powerful for her, because then you can take ownership of it, you know? Because even if you're feeling bad and you're grouchy, are you going to go walk? No. And so then you're not using your body and then it gets worse and worse and worse. And it's just this like downward spiral. It really is. It really is. So, okay. In addition to journaling, any other tips? I think walking, I really, I do. I find the most inspiration in my life when I go and take a walk in nature. And I know that's become a newer fad, tree bathing or forest bathing. (laughs) The Japanese, Ah. I don't know that you've heard of the Japanese, I forget what it is in Japanese, but there's a couple of new books out about forest bathing. And there's been more and more 
written about how like being in the forest helps even regulate serotonin levels. Like it, they've done all sorts of studies about how it actually improves mental health. And I see it with my kids. Like I see that if I take them to a playground that is in the woods, like really in nature, they just like their whole face changes so quickly. And, you know, it's fun to watch kids do stuff like this because we're so used to hiding our emotions and hiding, like hiding so many parts of us, but kids don't do that yet. And so you can really see it in them, but I think it's the same for adults. And I think that we've gotten so far away from it that we forget that going and taking a hike and seeing something beautiful is just really powerful for getting ideas on what, on where to go next, on what needs to change. It just, it frees up the energy in a totally different way. Oh, I love that. That's a great, great advice that I could, I echo. I mean, I live 300 acres of preserved land with hiking trails right in my backyard. And it has, like this last year in particular, I, I never wanted to really talk to too many people about it because you know, I, I felt bad for so many people who were stuck in one bedroom apartments and all this. And, right. You know, I felt so free because I could literally walk in the woods and that's all that really mattered, really, because I could I had that sense of convening with nature, getting back to the rhythms, um, resetting, any kind of worries or sometimes all that also disappears in the magnitude of nature because we are right. kind of small <laughs> in the world, yeah. we're tiny. And it just I think it's good to appreciate um the that nature of the is the source of, of just of wonder, like you were saying with right. your kids, there is a sense of wonder that we lose as an adult, and I think nature brings us back to that childlike possession of it, that really freely. So, well, I I love talking with you, Beck. I think you have just amazing resources of history of of um, your own knowledge and experience, and I can't wait to check out the Clarity Journal. So, where can people find out more about Clarity Journal and you if they want to? look up stuff. Well, the Clarity Journal is easy to get on Amazon and you can find me at BeccaRibbing.com. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram. Great. Well, thank you so much for helping us get clearer today. I really appreciate it. And I liked meeting you so much. This was wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. And for everyone that's listening, go check out the Clarity Journal. And as always, I'm pulling for you.